Welcome back to New Rockstars. Marvel's Eternals final act leaves us with endless questions and a sp sp spoiler warning. We are here to help with no expectation of any sexual favors, unlike a certain watermelon sugar sipping post credit scene cameo. This is Inside Marvel. It's our weekly deep dive into the biggest Marvel news, and this week it is Marvel's Eternals, now seen by millions of people worldwide. Hey! hey. Like a big Arishim face in the sky, they're seeing <laughs> this movie on big IMAX screens that sometimes shrink to widescreen halfway through a scene and then back to IMAX again. The best way to watch a movie. <laughs> best way to watch a movie. I'm Eric Voss. I'm here with MT. MT Eternals is now officially the latest entry in uh, MCU canon, and the world just got way bigger. Way bigger. Oh my god, dude. Like, when the movie started with like the opening crawl i was like this is gonna be special i loved yeah, i love getting different. more cosmic stuff i love it in oh, the beginning too. i love in it. the beginning <laughs> perfect first words well um again spoiler warning we've already started spoil a little bit but just want to give you another reminder we are going to talk all about eternals dive deep into that final scene of the eternals and all the questions it provokes where did erishim take cersei fastos and kingo what new details have we learned about celestials and how does eros know where to find them and how much time are we going to get with this guy before he gets me too uh, not a lot not a lot of time uh, <laughs> in the comics eros is very problematic but hopefully it'll be yeah <laughs> it actually it does happen that way uh well before we get into all this there is a brand new late obsession shirt inspired by eternals that you can get at newrockstarsmerch.com. It's called Immortal Unity, and it has this super cool art deco design. This is a limited edition shirt, so you gotta grab one quick before it runs out. We also have a second Eternals-inspired design at the shop with a celestial design. It looks mm. awesome as well. You can only get these shirts and other great original designs inspired by Loki, Shang-Chi, The Mandalorian, and other properties you love at newrockstarsmerch.com. Go there right now. It's a, it's a great way to support what we do here on the channel. Um, all right, MT, let's get into it. What's our first question? coming out of Eternals. Well, Eric, we gotta ask, where the heck did Arishim take Cersei and the other Eternals in the final scene of Eternals? Because they all got raptured. They all just got taken yeah. out by the Lord and just sw sweeped away somewhere. Where'd they go? S uh, sucked into a black hole, it looks like. <laughs> uh, well, just want to give people a quick recap summary of how Eternals uh, concluded, right? So right. the Eternals assemble in this movie to stop the emergence of the sleeping celestial Tiamat hidden inside Earth ready to hatch. I don't know how you felt, MT. It's so rare that we get a prediction right on this channel. Right? So seeing that, I was like, <laughs> I had to pinch myself a little bit. I'm like, I'm in the Matrix. I know it. I know it. Bro, I have been tweeting about a celestial being inside of Earth in since like 2017, 2018. Like, I'm so excited. I was so vindicated. It was amazing. Nerdstradamus! Got another yeah! one right. <laughs> Um, so the way they try to respond is Fastos plans to build a device that can connect them all in a uni mind for Druig to be able to mind control Tiamat, but then Icarus comes in and just says, screw your science fair project! Ooh. And he reveals that he was the one who killed Ajax. Uh, she actually wanted to stop the emergence, uh, but instead he's like, no, no, I, I have one mission and I'm incapable of complex thought, so I will feed you to the Deviants to keep the other Eternals busy and distracted for seven days. Move. <laughs> Very, yeah, 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 yeah. He's stall, stall. Mm -hmm. um, 
And uh, so that's why they were dealing with the deviants the whole time, is just Icarus wanted to keep them focused and busy. And yes, I made fun of them for that, but like, that's what I like about this movie is they are having that real fair debate of, are we dooming the rest of the universe by trying to right. stop the emergence? I thought that was kind of a cool discussion to have. But during the whole debate on the Domo, Sprite leaves with Icarus, Kingo sits out of the fight, uh, which I got to respect in a movie. Most of the time people take sides. I got to like to someone being right. like, I agree with you, but I don't want to kill you. So I'm going to hang out with Karun. I really um, we're gonna, like that too. He really just wanted to finish shooting this movie. I think <laughs> He's like, we're almost done. The crew needs work. Like, he was just, he was looking yeah. after the crew, you know. Uh, so after Icarus leaves this plan and shatters, they come up with a backup plan. You know, one of these moves in movies, like, why don't you just plan to do that to begin with? Of uh, Using Cersei's sphere as kind of a backdoor hack into Tiamat. And that ends up working pretty well, like, during this whole fight, which... Uh, this final fight, I loved watching the action. I love seeing Fastos being like, right. I want to do, I want to clip your wings oh for so my long. God. Macari, bro. Down. Macari, Macari. Bro. Oh my God. Aye, aye, aye. I screamed. I was I so mean, glad I was an eye back, so I screamed. <laughs> freaking Athena doing the behind the moves, like, oh my slicey God. slice. Mm. I, uh, Yo. Ah, yeah. so many good that man's moves. face up like zigzag yeah. Zoro. Like, uh, oh my God. <laughs> uh, and then also, I mean, the, the craziest moment, Sprite getting clubbed to the back of the <laughs> By a rock. It's just so funny that these hurdles are responsible for all these technological achievements. And then just hits her in the head with a rock like a caveman. It's like, we're all done with that speech, right? Okay, go finish the movie, please. Um, so Cersei reverse Midas's Tiamat to turn him from mm. gold into white marble. And uh, hey, forget wind turbines on the coastline. Now the Maldives got quite an eyesore. Right. It's going to hurt tourism there. <laughs> Ugh. Can we can we get a hotel room that faces away from the giant dead celestial baby, please? Thanks. Right. Yo, knowing Zillow, they're probably gonna just put an apartment on each uh, finger and just like yeah. just sell it for zillions of dollars. But you know, some skateboarders watch that and they're like, "Yeah, fights <laughs> all over that shit." Yo, we gotta drop off this finger, bro. You ready? Let's do it. Uh, so Icarus responds as um, many of us do when we're proven wrong just flies directly into the sun uh, Cersei Drama makes Sprite a real girl and Thena, Druig, and Makari head off in search of other Eternals to set them free with the truth and Cersei can go fast so stay behind on Earth until the final scene when Aerosheb returns and snatches all three of them up to tell them you have chosen to sacrifice a celestial for the people of this planet I will spare them but your memories will determine if they are worthy to live and I will return in judgment and then Thana and then Erishem opens a black hole and all of them disappear, leaving Dane Whitman and all these other Londoners ready for a pint of Gilgamesh's saliva beer. So in the post credit <laughs> scene, Eros, aka Star Fox, uh, an eternal of Titan, brother of Thanos, produces his own sphere and says that their friends are in big trouble and he knows where to find them. So let's talk about it. Where did Erishem take them? Well, Erishem said his judgment of whether Earth was worthy of saving will be determined by the Eternals' memories, which suggests to me that their first stop might be that World Forge location mm. that he showed Cersei in that whole exposition montage. This is where all the Eternals' memories are stored. Now, you could say if Cersei, Fastus, and Kingo are all, all still alive here with their 7,000-year memories intact... Would they need to go to that World Forge to have their memory scanned? I still think so, just because Kingo had that whole line earlier of like, so they're stored in space. Like, that's something he is thinking about directly. And right. the World Forge would likely offer a transcript of past Eternal reboots from past mm. Doom planets to compare their memories to. So kind of give right. it all in a, a bigger context. But also, I don't know if you thought about this, MT. In Captain Marvel, we saw the Skrulls have technology that they use to extract memories. Oh, that's and right. we learned yeah, in this yeah. movie 
movie that scrolls are actually derived from deviants who got loose and evolved as apex predators on that planet and airshem is also intentionally keeping a close eye on the deviants that advanced tech might have come from celestial influence and be a kind of archive room or like a post-production bay that airshem just drops in on and be like hey can you pull up this old clip and the editors are like oh, fine <laughs> <laughs> no, I, that's a really good connection, and I did think about that when I was watching the movie because, like, the there is precedent in Marvel's past with Captain Marvel that memories are able to be recalled, and like there mm. there could be like a maybe like a certain like a, a memory realm, possibly like a memory mm. dimension where all of our mind stuff uh, go, where like that's where you can access it through the mind. Um, but mm -hmm. I think that yeah, Captain Marvel definitely set up the the precedent for. Um, just memories being eternal and like always being around even if you forget them so it's mm -hmm. I, I'm really interested to see if like the Skrulls had like a lot more eternal technology on their home planet of Skrullos and you know was able to adapt that into and make that into you know uh, the memory hopping device that they used in Captain Marvel one question I had was why Arishem didn't just himself judge the Eternals right there you know he's mm. kind of a mobile judge uh I thought well they clearly defied his wishes they ab they aborted his baby right like that's they like did. a late it kind of looked like a little Arishem too with the little six eyes I was like oh my god his son is dead they killed him <laughs> You know, one thing I really liked about this movie was the way Chloe Zhao depicted the scale. And, like, they really just used the six eyes of the Celestials, mm -hmm. those three rows. And you don't even know what you're looking at. Is it their eyes? Are these six-eyed beings? <laughs> and just like the first shots you see of them, you really just see the the ribs of those eye holes that go mm -hmm. back through the helmet. And just by showing us one of those eyes cresting through the earth, we know what's coming. Like, mm -hmm. it was just such a cool little thing that was a simple six-eyed grid, a little, right. you know, six-eyed matrix that Jack Kirby drew and just by using those simple shapes uh, and making them huge it's kind of like the the disc of the Death Star you know just using right. a little piece of it as like a synecdoche of the larger thing that was a really smart move um, but yeah so Ereshem is a god and I would think the fact that he had to sequester them to a second location means that he must be bound by some cosmic law in order to have to get a second opinion to check the transcript. And I think, I mean, the way I read this MT was that it's a sign of a legal process in the MCU cosmic. And mm. yeah, we did get hints of a cosmic bureaucracy, of course, in Loki with the TVA who governed timelines and variances. And we later learned, of course, that that whole agency was created by Kang to give himself really a multi-pronged, well-delegated legal bulwark in order to execute a script. But I think even the TVA and Kang might have to adhere to a higher legal authority. And Loki, the show, actually gave us a hint of that in the MCU with the Living Tribunal. Right. The ultimate chief justice of the multiverse. We saw a statue of the Living Tribunal in the void in mm. episode one of Loki, Mobius hinted that there was some higher legal tier than the TVA. And we know that the Infinity War writers plan to have a living tribunal trial sequence for Thanos, like in the Infinity Gauntlet comics. And now with characters like Eros, with Pip the Troll, with the other Celestials, with Adam Warlock coming in, we are now seeing some of those cosmic elements from Infinity Gauntlet coming into the MCU. So the theory I've talked about is, and I wanna hear your thoughts on this MT, I know I've been talking for a while, I think Eros' connections are to these higher authorities in the cosmos. He doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who's going to lead a fight to free Cersei. He's a lover, not a fighter. And <laughs> I think I, I, I think he might get Thena in a position where she might be able to fight Cersei free. 
you know, maybe use some of that mad weary to just go crazy the Hulk out. Um, but I ultimately think that Eros could make a pretty good legal argument that Cersei, like Thanos in the comics, didn't technically violate any natural laws. She was just fighting for survival for those that she loves. And who better to make that case than the god of love? So I think the next appearance of these characters, whether it's in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, that could be the kind of scene I could imagine being in that movie. But... If this is a storyline that will be picked up in Thor Love and Thunder, I think violence is more likely to be involved in how Cersei is freed because Christian Bale yes. is coming as Gore the God Butcher. He carries all black the Necrosword or some version of it. And that blade uh, in uh, millennia past, at least in the comics, was uh, carried by the symbiote deity Null and was used to decapitate the Celestial Nowhere. That mm-hmm. isn't been firmly established in the MCU because Null is uh, connected to the symbiotes, but also, uh, according to Sony, all of their things are in the MCU. Who knows? <laughs> Um, but we have talked about you mentioned this on Rogue Theory MT that Gore's mission could be to kill all the Celestials and their descendants including Peter Quill and that's why Peter Quill is in uh, Thor Love and Thunder Uh, that slaughter could just like uh, free the binds of Cersei so that she can get out of there Um, what do you think MT? No, those are all really good ideas, Eric. And I think that, you know, making the connection, because Eros's name, like you said, is connected to the Greek god of love. And I think that Eros might make a, uh, a good point of like, hey, like, these human beings are special like in the whole universe because they have a lot of love. So, like, that's a really good, like, a love lawyer. I do like that. But I do think... <laughs> the love lawyer just sounds so sleazy. <laughs> don't, don't put that guy on retainer. <laughs> that's the new, uh, that's the next Harry Styles song, The Love Lawyer. Um, but, no, I think that um, Eros's role could actually be the prime eternal of Titan. Because he did have the sphere like Cersei had. Right. And, um, you know, and all the Titans are gone, essentially. So, like, he's like, all right, I'm the last one. So, I guess this one defaults to me. And so, I think that they actually might be... So, in the comics, there is this um, city in, like, the Incans built this city called the City of the Gods for the Celestials. And um, knowing that the MCU likes to adapt things in their own way, we could be seeing them heading to the celestial city of the gods that resides outside of our universe because as we saw in the opening crawl uh, we do know that the celestials came before like they existed before the start of the universe so the celestials are technically multi-dimensional beings like you know like a dormammu or like your shumagoras or all them like they come come from a different universe essentially and so because of this their home if they have a home it will probably reside outside our universe as well because it seems like they're they've got multiple fingers in multiple universe pies i'm assuming anyway so i think yes. that wherever they're going it's going to be because they went through that black hole it's probably going to be somewhere outside of our universe it's probably going to be a tva like um scenario which would lead to a good um living tribunal um yeah. court session and like um just another thing that points to the existence of living tribunal in the mcu um Mordo mentions the staff of the Living Tribunal in that's right. Doctor Strange One. So that's right. another so like it they've been teasing it for a while, so it's definitely gotta be coming right. soon. There's so. a guy named the Living Tribunal somewhere in this multiverse. <laughs> and this is exactly the kind of like the scale has gotten so high, you have to establish now what the hierarchy mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Um and the fact that like we just it was implied that Arishim is not the final judge. Mm-hmm. You know, he's kind of like a circuit court judge. He has to appeal to someone whether that's a transcript or something, like he can't just be judge, jury, and executioner in that moment. I just found that right. little aspect interesting. Um, yeah, and, and we do yeah. know like the, the Celestials each have jobs. Like Erisham is the judge. And so he's probably gonna be like, listen, 
I would, uh, you know, analyze you guys right now, but uh, that's Jemiah's job. So uh, he's going to analyze you because Jemiah's Jemiah the analyzer. the analyzer, Nezar so. the calculator, uh, Boogity Boo the trash compactor. <laughs> and uh, Oneg the prober, which is uh, the most problematic one. Uh, you don't want to visit from Oneg. You really don't. Uh, unless you're Eros, and maybe you do. <laughs> <laughs> Arrows would probably be into it. He'd be like, yo, yeah. Oneg, let's go. I won't say no to anything. Uh, no has no meaning to Eros. Oh, no. Oh, oh no, Indy. No, I'm sure it's going to be fine. Honestly, I got to say, casting Harry Styles as Eros is a genius move Literally by Marvel. Because the character movie. is so problematic. But like, just seeing Harry Styles in this, we're all kind of like, oh, okay. Okay, See, yeah, Harry Styles, yeah, I trust gonna... him. People are going to buy that he's like this like person that attracts so many people because he's Harry yeah. Styles and not because he has powers. He's just like he's just a handsome man. So like you I think that was he's a, a handsome man. Too. You need to cast a rock star in this. If you were mm-hmm. doing uh, the Marvel movies in the '60s or '70s, you would cast Mick Jagger as Eros. You know, 100%. like you need who is our modern day Mick Jagger and and Harry Styles fits the bill. Like I I, I, I really love this <laughs> this casting so much. Um, I love that he was wearing. He's legit wearing the Star Fox outfit. Like he is. It makes sure his it. hair has like red. It's amazing. <laughs> like ten it, out of it ten. It works. Well it done. really works. And so bringing in foreigners feels like the first time. It's like so much about this works. Um, it's like one of my favorite post credit scenes. Um, but another detail we had to talk about. Uh, Cersei and Macari suggested that they were only able to form that final uni mind because Tiamat helped them. Like, it seemed like they were grateful to Tiamat, which I thought was a really interesting choice in these final minutes. Like, was Tiamat okay with being aborted? Like, does he actually, in his millennia of gestating inside Earth, does he actually love Earth and the humans and feel an attachment to them and be willing to just, like, give his life to allow them to live? I think that that was the um, insinuation there. I think that Tiamat, and, like, this happens in the comic as well, because, like, Tiamat eventually, he meets up with that Jack Kirby... Uh, fulcrum figure mm. that we've talked about before and he's like you, i love these people like they changed me and so like i care and like his right. caring allowed him to ascend to the fulcrum level it's like all right now you are this like big even more cosmic god so i think that tiamat and like what's going to happen when like these eternals go on trial is that they're going to find out that you know tiamat agreed to this he was like i wanted to save these people because these people have shown me through their life essences i think like that's the key here is that our the human life force is just so pure that tiamat was like i can't i can't emerge out of my cocoon this is just i love this egg i'm just gonna stay here like you can kill me it's fine so i think that yeah it's it's a selfless act by tiamat which i i I did like that um yeah i like that too uh i think it sounded like he was like screaming in pain turning him into marble so it's kind of like oh maybe that was like it screams of i'm okay with this <laughs> it's okay <laughs> he was like yeah this is amazing but it does leave us with at least an implication that there may be other celestials out there who do not 100% subscribe to Erishim's way of doing things. Mm-hmm. Like, that's she was just talking to Erishim. It's like when you start a new job and there's just like the first guy you talk to, the cubicle across from you, he's like, I'll show you the way things work around here. Uh, <laughs> so the whole point of your cubicle is you have to monitor the celestial seed that I planted in there. And one day it's going to hatch out of your computer and you're just going to have to deal with it, bro. And then you talk to other people around the office and they're like, oh, don't listen to that guy. He's crazy. <laughs> 
do not hang out with that guy. He's going to get fired. He's going to get fired next week. He's just like no. the, yeah, he's the CEO's nephew, but we're going to fire him. But no, I really like how you brought up how the uh, the Celestials could be potentially fighting amongst themselves. Because, like, right. that does bring up the, the potential for dissent and, like, you know, differing right. opinions and a Celestial, like, war, potentially. So, I th- and we do see this in the comics. Like, the Celestials, at one point, um, I think it was actually Tiamat in the past. They were like, yo, Tiamat, we don't like you, so we're going to gang up on you and then shove you mm-hmm. into the planet in the comics. And so, yeah, I think that... Uh, we could be seeing more just rogue celestials, like you know, like an ego. So even though egos seems to be right. different from these celestials, which we don't really yeah. know how yet, but like we could right. see more just differing celestials. Like, all right, we don't like this plan, so f- you and fight each other, which I would hope to see. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's the implication that we should take away from Eros in this scene is that there are other celestial authorities that he can appeal to. Uh, and that implies that there is discord, there is a disagreement, there might be even a civil war, there are other sides. It's like trying to ask permission for mom and dad, they're going through a divorce, so you really can't, if dad <laughs> says you can't go hang out with your friends, ask mom. She'll be like, yeah, sure, I want you to spend Christmases with me, so I'm the cool parent now. Uh, so I think that's that's the idea, is that the, the Celestials are not all on the same page. And I think mm. that's what's going to get exploited, ultimately, to set Cersei free. But we're going to discuss more what other uh, Celestial personalities and other Eternals are, are out there. Uh, what might the Celestials' original plans be? Ben for Thanos and Eros. We'll talk about that. But first, we want to thank some people who helped us make this episode. When it comes to meat, quality matters. And when you invest in high-quality meat from ButcherBox, the benefits go way beyond a great-tasting meal. ButcherBox sources their meat from partners with the highest standards for quality. No more searching the grocery store for 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, wild-caught seafood, and more. I just like a really nice piece of beef, and ButcherBox has really great grass-fed steaks. Their sirloins have that distinct flavor they get from the really best beef every month butcher box will ship a curated selection of high quality meat right to your home each box contains between 8 to 14 pounds of meat depending on your box type that's enough for 24 individual meals you can customize your own box or go with one of theirs either way you get exactly what you want skip the lines for your thanksgiving turkey it's hard to get a good turkey not with butcher box though this holiday butcher box is proud to give new members a free turkey isn't what? that great just go to butcherbox.com marvel to sign up that's butcherbox.com marvel to receive a free turkey in your first box we also want to thank get upside for sponsoring this episode there's an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about it's called get upside our audience can make up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up all you got to do is download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code MARVEL and get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back on your first fill-up. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code MARVEL to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's really no catch the cash back gets added right to your account you can cash out anytime to your bank account paypal or an e-gift card for amazon and other brands just download the free get upside app and use promo code marvel to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank that's code marvel all right empty back to eternals what do you think makes the eternals on earth who we learned are basically these synthetic seed cultivators right. different from other eternals like Star Fox and thanos 
are those Eternals, were, were they synthetically designed or could they have been like the original Eternals that all these other carbon copies were made from? And and does that mean there could have been like an, an original Thena and, and mm. Icarus and all them? Hi everybody, I'm Katie Segal. And I'm Kurt Sutter. And welcome to our new podcast called Pi, People, Influences, and Experiences. Yes, it's sort of the uh get to know you at a deeper level, the who, what, when, where, and why you are, rather than what it is you do. Absolutely. We're not going to talk too much about what people do. We just want to know about their families, where they come from, you know, what shapes their parenting, if they have kids, what shapes their marriages, if they're married. We just want to be really nosy. We want to get in there. A deep dive into nature and nurture. And we started it because there are a lot of people that we don't know that we are curious about. All right. And I have no friends, so for me, it's, you know. Try like, to get them out of the house. Listen to it on whatever you listen to <laughs> podcasts on. Yeah, podcast, your, homecasts. Your, 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 your podcasting apparatus. Watch it on the YouTube. He's aging himself. I think that the ending of Eternals could explain this because we see it's particularly with Sprite because Sprite went from being synthetic, a synthetic eternal being to a real girl. It's like, I'm, I'm for real now. Um, so I think that what happened and in the comics, we learned that, you know, um, Alars, which is um, Thanos and Star Fox father and Suisa and their mother used the quantum bands to um, make them possible because in the comics, Eternals mm. can't have babies. So I think that um, they use some of this energy. Whatever Cersei did to Sprite, I think happened with Thanos and Starfox. They went from having these synthetic parents to being able to, you know, produce these real Thanos and Starfox children. So mm. I think that's what happened there. But what do you think? What do you think happened there? Um, yeah, I think that's a really good explanation. I think that uh, what we saw from the Eternals on Earth is not the case for all Eternals uh, universe-wide. I think mm. there are other Eternals and other planets that were, like, fleshy, you know? <laughs> that... Uh, <laughs> That had longer lives and, and were not just like uh, super smart robots. I think that uh, what we saw in the Eternals was just the final stage of like uh, celestial evolution. And they're like, let's just make robot versions of them. <laughs> and, and I think that's what we saw. We saw this assembly line in the World Forge where it really is just the 10 of them on repeat, on repeat, mm. on repeat. Um, and uh, so I think... When they're going around uh, planning to free all the Eternals, I think they're in for a rude awakening, and they're going to be like, there are no other robot Eternals. All the other Eternals are like, oh, we heard about you guys. You're the toys. You're the toy <laughs> version of us. We are so sorry. We're so sorry that the Celestials did this to you. But we're having a great time. We're getting along with our humans. We're we're, we're drinking uh, Gilgamesh spit with... Uh, with uh, the prober, you know, it's the so, real thing. It's not fake spit. It's the real thing. It's the good stuff. <laughs> yeah, um, but I do love this twist. I, that was one of my favorite things about this movie is revealing these Eternals were just kind of these programmed um, carbon mm. copies who, who just were helping destroy all these different worlds. I thought it was such a dark, cool twist in this movie, uh, sure. and I, I love that Chloe Zhao went in this direction. Um, what, what's What's really interesting about this is that this could also explain. Minerva in Captain Marvel, like why she mm. looks like Cersei, because like she could just, literally just been a eternal robot that they and she just didn't mm. even know. Like maybe she just had no idea that she was an eternal and she never had her memory. MT, I know it's not rogue theory, but you get a rogie <laughs> for that theory. <laughs> 
thanks, man. Look hey, at you I'm fixing plot holes in the MCU. <laughs> what a guy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think uh, I think Star Fox's goal is just basically to show all of us how to love again. Mm. Like, I, I think so far Phase 4 has been uh, just a little slow to launch. Like, there's mm. been stuff in Shang-Chi that I love, stuff in Eternals that I loved, things in, in Black Widow that I loved. My favorite stuff, honestly, has been on the Disney Plus series, and and I want uh, I want something in the movies just to get us going. And I think mm-hmm. Eros was that, like Eros in the second post credit scene. So let's talk about that. Yes, yes. Dane please. Whitman, um, he was about to tell Cersei about his complicated family history. We hear the voice of Mahershala Ali. I know a lot of people. It sounded like Jeffrey Wright. It might have sounded like other people to you. It's been confirmed to be Mahershala Ali Blade, which is super <laughs> exciting. Um, so what do we think that complicated family history was, MT? Do you think, mm. do you think he's about to say we're vampire hunters? Or do you think <laughs> that there might be some vampiric origins? Or is Dane completely ignorant to any ties with vampires right now? I think that, you know, the the vampire ties are not going to come until, like, Blade. Until, because, like, yeah. Blade is probably the Nick Fury of the supernatural world. And he's just like, mm. hey, man, uh, don't touch that. Uh, Cause it's gonna f- you up. Yeah, d- and I th- that, no, no, <laughs> you're not ready um, for that. <laughs> it's like no, no, no. Like I, 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 I'm a black blade, so I know all about black blades. Okay, <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, I. Uh, in regards to uh, Dane Whitman's uncle Nathan, if I'm not mistaken, um, his I believe his uncle was a villain. He had, yeah, he, he was, was he was Knight Black Knight, but he was like doing dirty stuff with doing it. bad stuff <laughs> yeah. he was the first black knight in the comics and when he was introduced he was introduced as a villain and then uh, dane whitman would take um over the role later on and so mm-hmm. we're probably going to find out that you know this past life of nathan garrett and maybe blade was involved maybe blade had to fight nathan garrett at one point and like they became friends maybe later but like yeah, yeah i think that that whole blade connection is just to introduce this whole like supernatural element in that and how blade is sort of keeping everything under control for the humans. Yeah, I, I I mean, the brief amount of time Blade and um, Dane Whitman cross paths, it's on MI-13, right, during the Secret Invasion storyline. So when I saw that, I was like, I, maybe he could show back up in Secret Invasion. It is mm. probably the Disney Plus series I'm most excited for for oh, 2022. Yeah. Nothing against you know, Miss Marvel, She-Hulk, Moon Knight. I'm super stoked for all of those. But Secret Invasion yeah. is the one where it's like, I've been waiting for years to see Yeah, they've been scroll. teasing this for a while, man. Like, let's yeah. get it. <laughs> so, I don't know. Secret Invasion is a lot going on. It seems like uh, Alien Invasion on Earth would kind of have a different aesthetic than supernatural folklore and mm. Arthurian legend and that kind of thing. Like, when... I heard that it was like Mahershala's voice here. I was kind of like, huh. Like, I would have preferred if this sword was more tied to Gore the God Butcher's sword because that yes. seems to be the implication of the final moments of Arishim's arrival. Dane's like, what do I do? Oh, I go get a Celestial Slain sword and yeah. that's how I go rescue her. But now that this connected to Blade, it feels like, oh, he's not going to be focused on saving Cersei anytime soon. We're going to leave that for the Eternals. So their whole relationship, I guess, I guess they were sidelined for most of the movie, but it just feels like now it just feels like Dane Whitman was just kind of forced into Eternals as opposed to mm-hmm. having like an actual relationship with Cersei that we're trying to foster for the future. But I, I think you're on the money there. Like, I think that they are setting up Dane Whitman to try to save Cersei. And I think, think that so? Blade's introduction 
it's just to get him used to the rules of the ebony blade because if you just mm. just try to touch that yeah you're gonna be screwed like that thing's gonna take you over and you're gonna go on a killing killing spree um yeah. so marshall is gonna be like all right here's how you use it here's your your family legacy um and go off and go save cersei because like we do know that the celestials mm are probably going to come back to the earth and they're probably going to be a problem whether it's these type of celestials or maybe there's just a, a, a the evil celestials the dark celestials are coming who knows but at some mm -hmm. point we're going to see the black knight facing off against celestials i'm very very confident about that because yeah. like you said the ebony blade is specifically or can cut through celestial armor like it can kill celestials so that's mm -hmm. going to come in clutch later on and so it'd be weird to introduce dane whitman in eternals and then not have him serve an Eternals type celestial purpose. So, yeah. Now, do you think that uh, that blade in the box is the Ebony Blade or is like that moment in the MI13 uh, storyline, like that was a fake Ebony Blade put in there by Dracula uh, and he was using that without realizing it. Uh, do we think it was fake? That's why there was that Latin phrase there. That's, you know, it, could this be Dracula's imposter sword put in that box? That would be very interesting, but because it was a, a post-credit scene, I think that it'll, it'll probably be like the legit thing. And it was like speaking to Dane Whitman. It was like it's time to kill, kill all the time. <laughs> so like, uh... yeah, but but I mean, a voice from the shadows can be anything. It could be right? anything. Uh, like literally, Shang Chi. It's right. a perfect example of that. Yeah, it could be uh, working against you. It could be a voice from your past, or it could be someone trying to corrupt you. Um, I think it is more interesting if that is actually the Ebony Blade, and the Ebony Blade mm -hmm. itself could just be cursed, as opposed to it being like, I don't like it when it's like, oh, but that was a fake. Like, fake Infinity Gauntlet. I get that that was <laughs> just kind of, they didn't know they were going to have a full Marvel Cinematic Universe when they made the first Thor movie. Um, mm -hmm. But, like, they've already done that once. I don't like the idea of just, like, what you saw was fake. If you show us a sword, let it just be the sword we've been waiting for, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. And, like, I think that, you know, because of Shang-Chi uh, introducing this idea of, like, magical objects being able to whisper at you, I think that the Ebony Blade might actually be sort of like the Ten Rings in the way and, mm. like, sort of just being this receptacle for um, an interdimensional being. Like, what if that voice mm. is an actual person outside of the universe just being like, Hoo-hoo! Time to inter like, interfere with these humans, just like the Dweller in Darkness did, my cousin. So, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Do you think the whispers from the sword could have been the same thing that was summoning the Ten Rings, the beacon, or that the, mm. what the Ten Rings Potentially. was summoning? Who knows? It, it could be anything outside of our universe, man, I feel. So, yeah. who knows? <laughs> I mean, we have nothing but guesses, but it seems like at this point, Marvel has just like opened its index wide open to yes. anybody they want whether it's eros adam warlock whatever so like the options are endless shuma gorath coming in multiverse of madness we think like there's so many different people out there which just makes me ask again why not mephisto why, why not? I feel like it's coming. It's got to come. He's right? coming. He's what coming. He's already days? here. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's got to be that Doctor Strange. Like, it, this is one big, like, origin story, man. It's got to be for yeah. Mephisto. My whole life is a Mephisto origin story. <laughs> um, well, we, we have a couple more questions. But do you identify as crypto-curious? 
If you've thought about entering the world of cryptocurrency but felt a little overwhelmed, Coinbase makes learning to buy and sell simple. Coinbase offers a trusted and easy-to-use platform to buy, sell, and spend cryptocurrency. They support the most popular digital currencies on the market and make them accessible to everyone. They offer portfolio management and protection, learning resources, and a mobile app so that you can trade securely and monitor your crypto all in one place. Millions of people in over 100 countries trust Coinbase with their digital assets. Whether you're looking to diversify, just getting started, or searching for a better way to access your crypto markets, start today with Coinbase. For a limited time, new users can get $10 in free Bitcoin when you sign up today at coinbase.com marvel. This offer is for a limited time only, so be sure to sign up today. That's coinbase.com marvel. And thanks to Helix for sponsoring this episode. We all sometimes lose sleep binging a show, but you shouldn't lose any sleep because of a bad mattress. Helix Sleep has a quiz that matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. They have a they have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattress is great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Even a Helix Plus mattress for plus size sleepers. I have a Helix mattress. I love it. The quiz matched me with a medium firm mattress with lumbar support that sleeps cool. The mattress ships right to your door for free. No need to go to a mattress store. Just go to helixsleep.com slash insidemarvel, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't like it, but you are going to love it. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash insidemarvel. Marvel. All right, MT, I want to ask you, what do you think, like, just the general public and other superheroes of the MCU think about the Celestials now, given that Tiamat's big stone baby corpse is in the Indian Ocean and Arishim just loomed over London and freaked everyone out? Bro, you already know that this is one of my top, like, my number one fear is to see a big face <laughs> in the sky. It's my biggest fear. <laughs> so me sitting in IMAX, seeing that, I was like, this is uncomfortable no. for me. It's the worst. But no, um, (laughs) like me, I'm pretty sure the people of the MCU are even more freaked out, honestly. And Uh I honestly feel like this is probably going to test a lot of people's, like, faiths. Like, Mm. seeing a huge god appear in the sky saying that Judgment Day is coming, that's going to drive a lot of people crazy. And, like, um, particularly, probably Mordo, who's probably Mm. like, this is it. This is it. This is Strange's fault. He did this right. somehow. This is Doctor Strange's fault. Um, so I think that, you know, we're, we're probably going to see a shift in, you know, how people go about their lives because now that they, they just feel smaller now. Like, you yeah. know, that's what the whole point of Eternals was supposed to do to, like, the audience. Like, us as the audience is to make the MCU seem bigger. But, like, I wonder how, like, you know, feeling smaller on the cosmic scale is going to affect everybody yeah affect their personalities right i i love that the mcu is doing this i i would argue that if you are a person living and working in the mcu at this point you're so desensitized you know (laughs) you've seen an alien invasion of new york city thor thor is a thing right wizards androids aliens you know like so much has happened. Are they even going to care about secret invasion at this point? They're going to be like, I just assumed half of us were aliens Right, already. I mean, this yeah. was London, so like the convergence happened in Thor right. 2, so they're just like, eh, whatever. Yeah. You've seen one like, cosmic event, you've seen them all. <laughs> when Arishim showed up right outside Earth, I was thinking about the Rick and Morty joke of like, all the astronauts are dead, right? <laughs> Any astronauts you had in space, gone. Uh, Absolutely dead, yeah. Yeah, 100%. tides, tides are, are destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, tides, tides. Uh, but the uh, what I do love about it is it does just kind of um, expand the battlefield. It expands the front. 
the, the mm. map of the MCU in really cool ways. And with things like sword, you know, we've moved from the shield era to the sword era. Uh, mm. And I think it's going to be interesting to have movies that are just completely set off world. Because at this point, they're going to be like, mm, are parts of that celestial still alive? Like, can we dig and just check that, like, he just doesn't have frostbite on his head and his hand? Because, like... <laughs> right. I don't want his foot to kick out of Australia right now. And <laughs> like, I think people will be like, can we just get off this planet? Like Sprite had that line of like human recolonization could take years. And I think half of people on the earth would be like, I'll sign up for that wait list. Let's go. <laughs> is there a website? Like, like yeah, I've seen that wizard open up portals that go to other places. Just right? have us all go two by two through that portal. Like, yeah, I would have been first at Doctor Strange's door like, Hey, yo, uh, I got my bag. Let's go. I know uh, you're in there. I saw my <laughs> snowplow guy, the snow right? shoveler from down the block, is helping you guys clear some snow out of that foyer. Hey, no and, and speaking of plowing and snow, I hear a contraction is pretty good this time of year. So let's go. <laughs> <laughs> contraction is great. All the Minnesota people are going to be like, Oh, contraction sounds great. <laughs> just like home. <laughs> yeah. Just like, it's, it's warm. It's warm here. <laughs> They're out uh, like that. They're like that kid wearing a shorts, in, like short sleeve shirts and yeah, shorts in the winter. Yeah. Like, oh, this is fine. This is totally yeah. cool. The the Packers fans who are just wearing tank tops in the middle of winter. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's Wisconsin. I know. Um, all right. So, uh, final question, MT. Now that we have seen it, we can talk openly with some spoiler reviews. We don't have to go to uh, length about this. I've already opened up my thoughts on this film. I want to hear from you now. Did Eternals deliver on the promises that you mm. hoped it would? I think that this movie was a great movie. I really enjoyed it. I thought that, you know, the Marvel lore, and like we said, like the cosmic side of Marvel, exploded with this one. And we're going to, this opens up a lot of opportunities. So I'm very excited for that. And I think Chloe Zhao did a fantastic job, especially given the COVID 19 situations that all these people had to deal with while filming. So, like, all that being said, I think that there, this movie was great, but I think that there were a lot of missed opportunities in terms of action in my opinion yeah. i think that yeah. you know the icarus stuff phenomenal like I, I i could watch icarus fight in the air for days but i just feel like you know uh because we have all these powers like i i, I left the theater wanting more makari like fast-paced stuff i hope they give makari her own series honestly like i just love makari so much um so i want to see more action from makari and like, like just cool action sequences based on their powers that I feel like we just didn't get enough of. So I'm waiting for the Eternal sequel or wherever next that we're going to see Eternals to really, um, you know, see what they can do. But yeah, I do feel like this movie didn't, uh, it could have done better um, in terms of action, but I'm still very satisfied. I think Marvel did a great job with this. And, uh, but yeah, I think, yeah, this is going to be really fun. I think in terms of delivering on promises, uh, this movie gave me so much in terms of celestial lore to the MCU. I love that. I love that they found a way to bring in Eros and then uh, deliver this interesting twist with Tiamat and with the Eternals being just kind of these puppets. I, I thought that was really cool. And I, and I dig that whole deeper theme of... Uh, one's purpose versus one's discovered purpose of love, mm. you know? Uh, mm. And having those two things be in conflict with each other. Uh, I love the elements of uh, the debate going down like a, a Greek drama of gods debating whether or not they should <laughs> intervene. I thought that was really cool. But I do agree with you, MT, in terms of like the action that you would expect from a normal Marvel movie, it, it doesn't quite deliver. I, I do think each character gets at least one awesome moment. Oh, yeah, uh, so sure. they did a good job. Like, <laughs> Makari gets some really, really cool moves. It's just yeah. like, 
I, I agree with you. It's not like Quicksilver and Days of Future Past mm-hmm. where people walked out of the theater being like, oh my God, that guy. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, Gilgamesh, I mean, Kingo, Kachoo. Like oh my God. <laughs> when he blew that deviant head off. I was cracking up. Man. A plus, um, but like, yeah, I think uh, I, I think that's why some critics, why some audiences feel like, eh, you know, I, I think structurally you might have had too many characters in this. I just don't know who you would cut. You know, so yeah, I, I'm dying to know what Chloe Zhao and Ryan Furpo's original pitch was to Marvel Studios. Like, what got changed? How did this movie come together? I don't know if we'll ever know, um, but uh, hopefully we'll find out someday in the future. But in terms of, like, the promises we would hope to make, I think there was a missed opportunity to just tease the existence of mutants, but we got to remember mm-hmm, this movie was sure. being, like, conceived of and written and shot in 2018, 2019, early 2020. So, like, I understand if that's, like, before Marvel really knew exactly what they wanted to do. Uh, the visuals, I think, were incredible. Uh, the sense of scale, especially in that final act, is great. Um, yeah, to me, like... This movie won me over halfway through with Arishem's whole speech to Cersei. Mm-hmm. I think for a lot of people, that's either where it makes or breaks it. Uh, I think some people kind of just lean back like, uh, and some of us lean forward and be like, tell me more. Yeah, and I'm definitely <laughs> a, a tell me more type. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't like... I, I at one point did a ranking of the MCU. It's the video I regret making more than any other video for New <laughs> Rockstars. Any Mephisto video. I hated that I did that ranking because it was so stupid. Uh, and my opinions of Marvel movies constantly change based off of my life, based off of things that change and yeah, how I mature and how I see the world. So it's constantly shifting. Um, I would put Eternal somewhere in the middle. You know, it, it wouldn't be, it's not in the top tier. But it's definitely not the worst. It's not. I think it's definitely worth watching. And I think, uh, like a movie like Age of Ultron, right? Also, mm. kind of a, a disputed movie. Not everyone's favorite. It did so much cool world building to mm. set up future plot lines and future mysteries and future reveals. I think we're gonna look back at Eternals and be like, yeah, without Eternals, we wouldn't have this new cool thing. Now we wouldn't have this new cool thing. So uh, I, I look forward to see how the mythology that was now created from this movie affects everything. Me too. And like, I hope that, it, you know, in a future Eternals installment that they probably move this over to Disney Plus, not because like, I don't want to see another Eternals movie on the big screen, but because Disney Plus allows you to have more room to tell a more mm. deeper story within, because they have so much characters, I feel like it would just benefit from just having longer time to tell the story like six hours or eight hours i don't know i think it'd be better than yeah uh, two hours because i just love eternal so much i just want more honestly yeah me being i mean i'll say pacing wise this movie felt too long but i think mm. they had to do that with so many characters you right. have to kind of slow down but i thought they were clever as the movie went on when you flash back to things what you flash back to is like crazy to look at like right. you're seeing the fall of the aztec capital you flash back to uh to the atomic bomb going off Mm -hmm. like i wasn't too bothered by the flashbacks it was more like now we have to see these two characters sit uh, alone and talk about how they feel like (laughs) you want to feel like the movie's ramping up at the end Mm -hmm. there's a couple scenes in there it's like we really have to have cersei 
get all pissed off, and then Thena has to talk her into uh, joining the battle at the end. It's like, no, at that point, I just want to see the battle. You know? Right. <laughs> like, I get it. Um, but anyway, uh, we want to hear your thoughts down below about this film. I, I love that the whole world is getting to see this now and make up their own minds about how they feel about Eternals. But that is it for this episode of Inside Marvel. Next week, we will be back on Wednesday to discuss whatever your biggest Marvel question will be. It could be about Eternals or maybe some other big news we might get next week. So be sure to send us all of your questions about Eternals and everything else you're curious about with Marvel Cinematic Universe. Also a reminder, next Friday, we're going to have Marvel Disney Plus Day. It's not just Marvel Disney Plus Day, but for us, essentially, it's Marvel Disney Plus Day and Star it's Wars. It's Christmas Plus Day. for us. Um, <laughs> we are excited. Hopefully, we'll see a trailer for Miss Marvel, for Moon Knight, for She-Hulk, for Secret Invasion, uh, or at least release date announcements on when all these things will come out in 2022. So we're so, so excited. Um, so don't forget to check out our many great merch options at NewRockStarsMerch.com. Follow me at EA Voss. Follow MT at Mastertainment. Follow NewRockStars. Subscribe to Inside Marvel wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for watching, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye, everyone. Yes.